you probably have gotten your voters pamphlet at this point and ballots are on the way you'll be seeing those shortly in the may primary four of the five city council seats are on the ballot in portland Today, we're going to speak with Loretta Smith, candidate for position two. Loretta is familiar to many, having served as a Multnomah County Commissioner and former staff for Senator Ron Wyden. Welcome to the show, Loretta. Loretta, are you Thank there? Thank you. Thank you. I'm here. Good morning. Good morning. It's nice Good to hear you. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Are you up and shining, ready to tackle the day? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'm up and ready. Fantastic. Well, tell folks, who are you and why are you running in this May primary? You know, I'm running. I'm a longtime Portlander uh, because I think for the most part, Portland needs a leader who understands that so many people, um, our neighbors and friends are falling behind and somebody who has a track record of getting things done to help the most vulnerable in this city and I think poverty has to be one of the priority issues that we deal with because without that poverty, we wouldn't have so many people who are um, homeless, people who are rent burdened, unemployed, underemployed. And now that we're in the pandemic, we've just gotten exposed at how really great the problem is for the most vulnerable in our city. And so you had a decision to make about running in this primary, obviously, but there are four seats that are available in this election. Why seat two? Well, actually, I wasn't planning on running. And then when I saw that um, Nick Fish had given his um, given given the word that he was gonna he was gonna retire. I thought, wow, there's going to be a huge leadership uh, gap in someone who has experience and who um, has gotten things done for this community, and especially vulnerable communities like older adults, young people, and communities of color. Uh, we worked on several projects together. In fact, my first um, partnership with him when I first got into the uh, county commission was to uh, build up uh, Cully Park and to find funding. So I had to go in and uh, convince my colleagues that we needed to spend uh, county dollars on a city project. And they were not too happy about it, but as I explained it to them and said, look, this is a public health issue, and putting up Cully Park will actually um, help with this uh, physical fitness desert. And also, uh, we need to put a new park over this, uh, over this uh, dump that is now going to be um, a place where people can can play and, and 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 exercise, and they have sidewalks, and you know folks can bring their kids to the playground. And so I really convinced them that this was an opportunity, and I think that's what we're going to need. Um, we we we're going to need to get out of our silos. We're going to have to find opportunities where we can leverage each other's dollars to get the most bang for the buck, and understanding that and understanding the, the federal government and how it works since I worked for Senator Wyden for 20 years and and I was really involved with the appropriations process. So I think that having my background and track record of fighting for and pushing hard for policies that impact people of color, I think that is uh, something that is much needed on the, on the city council. Mm. And what's at stake in this city council election? Wow. <laughs> you know, 
everything is at stake right now. I think we have to have bold solutions to um, make sure folks who are moving to Portland that they have options uh, in housing, that they have a city council that's dialed into the small business community, and that we have a city that really uh, takes pride in taking care of um, older adults and seniors and, and the very elderly in our community. And I think we have to have someone who has that uh, capability and who has proven that they can um, make hard decisions. And we don't need folks who don't have that kind of history uh, trying to jump in a situation where we're in a crisis mode. Mm -hmm. um, I don't need a blueprint uh, on May 20th to uh, tell me what we have to do for the budget. I followed uh, the city's budget as well as the county's budget. We had a $2 billion budget. The city has about a $5.5 billion budget. And so I'm very familiar with their budget. I don't need a lot of training to, to, to get up to speed. And I think that the relationships that I already have on the city commission is gonna be helpful in uh, making that a, a nice transition. And you just spoke to your track record of getting things done in Portland. What are some of the accomplishments you're most proud of? Well, you know, I'm most proud of, of my work uh, to help create Multnomah County Summer Works Program. It was a paid internship, it still is, a paid internship for thousands of local high school students, mostly from underserved communities and putting them on a path to success. When Portland, uh, Sam Adams uh, presented that to me when I first uh, entered office, that was my signature uh, uh, priority. And um, we have succeeded in growing that program since then when we started with 50 jobs. And the first year, uh, we served over a thousand uh, students. And now um, we're in, in what, the ninth year of this, and we're serving and paying for 650 jobs. So the legacy that I left at Multnomah County was to keep that program in permanent funding. And, you know, I want to thank the Multnomah County commissioners for doing that because it is so important. Um, it's so important that we take care of our, our young people and, and, and put them on the right path. So I'm really proud of that. But I'm equally as proud of, of the program that I also created called the Promised Neighborhood. And that was a, a, a project, and now it's in permanent budget, where we brought together um, community-based organizations that serve at-risk youth of color. Mm -hmm. And we put that money in there, too. There is not another county commissioner that has put um, the kind of dollars that I've put into to the community to serve vulnerable um, residents uh, to the degree that I have. You know, I have two programs that are left over there, one in $2 million, one that's $2.5 million that we had never had before. Historically, um, community-based organizations would come to the county before I got there and they'd ask for money in, you know, commissioners would say, oh, we only have one time only money. We can't fund you. But until I got there and opened that up and provided opportunities for these communities to come in and get resources on a local level where they could plan for three to five years and um, have those resources help 
the most vulnerable because Multnomah County is a safety net government. And when, when the organizations came to me and said, look, our kids are not graduating from high school at the same rate as everyone else. I saw the data and I said, well, I'm not going to look at this for another year without doing something to try to help. And that's when I went, to, went into action to, um, to put this promised neighborhood together. And the, the cherry on the top was that when I left in 2018, we applied three times to the federal government to increase and expand that program. We got $30 million, unheard of money. This is the largest uh, prevention uh, dollars that we have gotten from the federal government um, ever. And so that coalition now has $30 million over the next uh, four years to be able to uh, serve our youth, help them graduate from high school, and serve their, their families to make sure that they have those wraparound supports, whether it be housing, um, energy assistance, uh, mental health, drug and, drug and alcohol addiction uh, counseling. That is all wrapped up in, in that whole promised neighborhood. So I, you know, <laughs> I, I go between the, the summer jobs and, and the promised neighborhood, but the summer jobs is definitely something that I'm very proud of because I started, that was one of the first projects that I started. Mm. So you've talked a little bit about the need in the community, your track record for getting things done. What are your priorities in year one, should you be elected as a city commissioner? Well, so the first thing that I'm gonna, gonna do is come up with a plan to deal with our recovery. My background and track record is in appropriations, and I did that for 10 years of the last years that I spent with Senator Wyden. So I know where the pots of money are. I sat with then Mayor um, Adams when we received our uh, allotment from, from the federal government every week as he uh, and a group of us identified who was gonna get the, the stimulus money. 2001, 2008, 2009, I've been through this stimulus. I know how it works. I know the questions to ask on where to get the money and how to get the money. And so I think that's one of my greatest strengths. And I noticed that the Oregonian said that I have a an expertise in, in budget, and mm. I'm very uh, proud of that. And so I think that that's going to be the first um, the first job is to make sure that we're we're maximizing our our dollars from the federal government and the state government. Mm -hmm. Right now, the uh, the state has a I think a 2.5 billion uh, dollar uh, rainy day fund, mm -hmm. and so how those dollars are distributed are going to be very critical and making sure that the city of Portland is lifting up the most vulnerable first and recognizing that we have to do something about people who are renting because 50% of the people in the city of Portland rent. The, uh, the other 50%, they own their homes. And um, in many cases, they're landlords to the 50% who don't own a home. So we have to figure out how to do rent forgiveness and and figure out how to do um, forgiveness of, of mortgages for people who are holding those loans. Mm -hmm. So I think that's gonna be two things that we have to deal with is the housing, uh, small business, and making sure we maximize the, the uh, recovery dollars in a way that, that makes us whole. Mm. How will you engage community members in establishing priorities and executing on the work of your office? Well, I will be convening the community and, and convening all stakeholders because without um, 
all the stakeholders at the table, you're going to find that it's not going to be uh, a really complete plan without everyone at the table. So I'm used to doing that. I've done that before in the past, and I understand that it's so important that uh, we get those voices from every corner of the city, particularly uh, folks who are east of 82nd who have always been um, left out in the, in the city government conversations. I think I'm, I might be the only person who lives east of 82nd, and so I think that's so important. And then as we go forward and we start thinking about what's going to happen in charter review, we have to think about how we're going to um, look at city government. Mm -hmm. It's always great to talk about having a bigger table, make sure that people have a seat. But having an open door or putting the invite out, it doesn't always get folks into the conversation. What does it look like to fully engage Portland? No, you you can't just, this is, the, the, and I used to tell myself this all the time, you can send someone a email, okay. you can text them, but you have to call people. Mm. And you have to, you have to go through your own personal Rolodex and you have to reach out to people personally. And, and what I find myself doing in many cases is that, you know, I'm on the phone with my staff uh, calling folks saying, you know, we need you, we need your, we need your voice, we need your opinions. Um, I don't like to waste folks' time, and they like to feel like they, they are contributing and that we use their ideas. So when we call folks and, and convene them and bring them together, you have to recognize and, and respect what they say and include those ideas in the proposals that go forward. And um, it, it's always been a case, particularly in minority communities, um, many have called them to the table for the look, but, mm. but never really take their ideas to heart and act on them. And so I have a track record of acting on those. I gave a, a, a town hall meeting for, for black men and boys the third month that I was in office at the commission. And we got over 200 and some odd uh, people to come on a rainy Wednesday night to talk about how can we be helpful to you. This is not a gang meeting. This is not, um, this, this is not a specific meeting. This is a, um, a, a call to action. And that's how I started doing the summer jobs program. Some of the folks said, look, Commissioner, we used to have summer jobs for our kids. And that gave me the, the ammunition to actually say, okay, this is what folks said they wanted. And they did a survey and said that's what they wanted. And when um, Mayor Adams came to me and said, okay, we would like you to, to try to find funding for this, I was more than happy to do that because I knew I had the community behind me. Mm. I want to discuss the community experiencing houselessness. Where has the city gotten support right well, I think we, you know, there are a lot of strategies that are in place right now that, that are really uh, hitting the mark, mm -hmm. and I think we can do better. And, and where we're hitting the mark is we know now that we need to attach services to housing units because there are so many of our vulnerable folks who are homeless and who are, you know, rent burdened that they need um, wraparound support, help with um uh, mental health uh, counseling, drug and alcohol uh, counseling, and you have to have those services uh, connected to those to those units. And so, before I left the the county, we had promised 
uh, along with Nick Fish leading the way on the on the city side, to put together 2,000 um, housing units that had support services attached to them. Now we're we're about 800 uh, short, and I, I talked to Chair Kafori a couple of months ago and asked her, you know, specifically, what could I do to be helpful um, in our quest with the joint office? And, you know, she, she said that supportive housing was, without a doubt, the most important thing. And I think that's, that's a result of, you know, what we have on the ballot as well. We have a housing measure that would give support services for those folks. And I think it's so important because people say, why don't you just clean up? Why don't you just clean up folks off the streets? You have to do it with dignity and, and respect. And you have to do it in a way that you you don't disrupt folks who are living on our streets, understanding that we we have to have um, additional resources to, to move people in other places, but you have to be very, very uh, conscious of how you do that because you can do it in a, in a very negative, nasty way like they do with the sweeps, or you can do it in a, uh, a very controlled fashion by offering people services and places to go. Mm-hmm. And where do you personally stand on sweeps? Do you agree with that as a tactic? No, no, and it's you know, and it's against the the, the Supreme Court's uh, uh, action. You you can't do that. You have to you have to give people an opportunity to stay in place where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, there are a lot of people who are on our streets who, who don't want to come inside. Mm-hmm. And I think if we offer opportunities, and, and, and I offered this up and it, it got slammed down, it was uh, Wapato. Wapato had 23 uh, acres connected to it. And my thought was if we could open up Wapato and have that be like a triage center for people who are homeless and those folks who didn't want to come indoors, that they could camp outside on the, on the ground. So we have to think bolder. We have to have um, we have to um, be in conversation, not just with advocates, because I think sometimes when you're an advocate, you 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 stand on one issue or two. I think we actually have to actively talk to the people who are on the street. Mm. We talk to the advocates who work with them. But we need to hear their voice, and and that's what I'd like to be able to hear—the voice of the people who are uh, unsheltered outside or who are couch surfing. You know, what could we actually do for them? Because it would be great to hear from them directly. Yeah, I've heard. I read an, uh, read a quote from you that said that we need to be bolder and more creative. What does that What does that look like beyond just engaging the community in the conversation? Well, we need to. Um, we need to ensure that new development contributes to uh, pedestrian-friendly streets. Mm. We need to make sure that we clean up the, um, the brownfields, the over 1,200 brownfields in the city of Portland, so that we can expand the housing opportunities where we can have mixed-use housing. We need to also change the, um, the zoning map and, and recognize that higher density may be needed in historic districts. We... Uh, we, we have to open this up a bit and you know there is no one silver bullet and like I said the the strategies that are on the table right now we're we're closer today than we ever have been to, to getting a system and an infrastructure built 
so that we can have the least amount of people on our streets. And so I think if, if those go forward and uh, we have the resources for supportive housing, we're going to be on our way. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's different about this election is the opportunity to use open and accountable elections to, to have city funding match your donations. You're participating in that program You've run other campaigns. What are your reflections on utilizing open and accountable elections? Well, <laughs> the open and accountable elections, I think it's um, hands down one of the best opportunities to, to help folks who don't have a huge network to be able to get financing um, through the city. Mm-hmm. That being said, if you don't have a large network of folks, it's also going to be really hard for you to to. to to get donations. Halfway through our election, we were shut down. and um, Because of coronavirus? Because of the, the virus and yeah. the pandemic. So we had to cancel all um, face-to-face uh, uh, house parties and the difficulty of, of going out and doing the, the kind of retail politics that I like to do, um, that, that was shut down. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of promotes additional resources to come in. But I think it's great. We were the first one actually to qualify. We qualified within 18 days of, of being, you know, entering the program. And I think there's some, a few tweaks that we need to make to make this really successful. Um, I don't think that the, the folks uh, intended on having 19 candidates in one race um, we, we got emails saying that, that the city's uh, money was limited and that we probably wouldn't be able to um, fully fund everyone's campaign. Right. Uh, so that was, that was interesting. We have to fully fund the campaign. If we're going to be really serious about campaign finance reform, we have to be prepared to, to put additional dollars and resources in this program if we want it to work effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, no one planned for this pandemic during this campaign season. But I think that, you know, there are a lot of great people who came out to um, to run for this seat uh, with a, you know, variety of backgrounds. And I think, you know, who could actually do the job. But I think that I am the most qualified. I am a once in a lifetime candidate to have this kind of experience. 20 years on the federal level, eight years as a county commissioner, living in this community as a single parent, bringing up a uh, a son in this community who um, who who did very well, but also had some challenges. He wanted to start talking about law enforcement. I remember the first time that he was he was stopped as a teenager driving my car, and mm-hmm. he didn't know why the police was stopping him, and only the fact that um, he was he was driving a car that he didn't that they didn't think he should be driving. And um, that experience has caused him a lot of trauma when um, police ride alongside him. So just because he's a black man. So I don't think that there's there's any one candidate that has that kind of experience and being a homeowner of what it means to, to live and work and play as a, uh, a woman of color in this city and being able to... Um, to craft policies that impact everybody, uh, not just the uh, affluent and the wealthy in this city, but every uh, corner of this city, I believe, has a lot of poverty in, in it. 
uh, while there are only 5.6% African Americans, about 12% um, Latino, and I think it's about 5% Native American in this community, we all are part of a larger community, and we need someone who has a a global look at what things um, are happening, not only in Portland, but abroad, and be able to bring some of those resources back to uh, the city of Portland and in Oregon. Mm. Loretta, how can listeners learn more about your candidacy and support your work? Well, thank you for asking that question. If people want to know more about how I feel on specific issues, they can go to my website at VoteLorettaSmith.com votelorettasmith.com and they can also donate. If they want to donate, they can go on to the donate link and um, uh, give money to this campaign. We, we're gaining some ground and, and, and I'm, I'm very uh, confident that we have a message that's going to resonate with people when they fill out the ballot. They should be getting their ballots today and tomorrow. Mm. So I'm really excited about that. And any events on the calendar that you want to make sure our listeners know about? Well, there will be a, um, a Zoom event that will be streaming uh, later today at uh, noon. Mm-hmm. And um, me and seven other of the candidates will be uh, in, in a forum. Uh, it's an online forum. So if they, if they want to tune into that, that, that is something that people could kind of get a sense of who's in the, in the race and the issues and compare the, the issues uh, between the candidates that are going to be on the on the forum, and and who's hosting that? Uh, Portland Business Alliance. Wonderful, wonderful. Loretta, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, thank you for calling. Have a good day. Uh huh. You too. It's Loretta Smith. She's running for city council in Portland, position two. That's the position that Nick Fish has held. You can find out more at votelorettasmith.com.